Welcome, everyone, for the first time to the Expose Turnbuckle podcast. This is your co-host, Kyle Smedley, and I'm joined today by... I'm the other co-host, Corbin Hubert. Uh, so glad to be here with you guys today for the first episode. This is something that we've been talking about for around a month or so now, maybe a little longer, and I'm super excited to bring it to fruition here. Yeah, I think, uh, obviously, this is a pro wrestling podcast, given the name, but it's something that... I've been wanting to do for a long time. I mean, Corbin and I have been talking about it, like he said, for a month or two, but I've been personally wanting to do this for quite a long time. Finding a good friend and coworker to talk with wrestling about for a couple hours is going to be awesome. Um, I think most weeks what we'll do, uh, we're going to try to make this a weekly podcast if we can. Um, so normally we'll just talk about big news that happened in the wrestling world, uh, go over SmackDown, Rampage, Raw, and Dynamite every single week. Um, and then in weeks that there's uh, special events like an AEW or WWE pay-per-view. Um, we'll talk about that um, in the, I guess, chronological order. And then we won't normally talk about, I guess, like show-by-show show results as far as NXT, New Japan, ROH, and Impact. But when they do special events, we'll try to watch them um, and cover them, you know, like we do the weekly shows. But if we can't watch them... Um, we will just kind of touch on some things that we've heard and things like that. Um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, we have a little bit limited time today. Don't want to make this too long every week, even though I think we both could talk about wrestling for, for hours. hours on end, but yeah, we'll get into the news. Um, as far as, you know, this is an exciting day personally, like to be starting this podcast for the first time, but, um, obviously it was a tough week for the wrestling world. Um, you know, this is something we have to talk about, not something that you want to ever talk about, but the passing of Jay Briscoe, um, I believe he was 38 years old. It's just, it's just incredible that, I don't know, I can't, I can't really describe how sad that is just because, you know, you, you scroll through Twitter when something like that happens or you scroll through social media and you look at all the support that, you know, he and his family are getting, um, because his daughters were involved in the accident as well. Um, it's just really sad. It is really sad, especially, you know, considering like said, his daughters were in the accident. He obviously lost his life. Um, but I try to find something good to come out of it, and something that I've noticed is the entire wrestling community coming together. You know, normally a very toxic community, a community that's always in fighting, but to see them come together um, through this has really been touching, I think. Yeah. I thought it was really cool how, like, you know, that night NXT was like on the air basically when the uh, when the news broke and Vic Joseph said something about it on commentary. Um, Jay Briscoe, to my knowledge, um, unless it was a dark match, never wrestled for WWE, but he was such an influential wrestler and part of the wrestling world that even WWE mentioned him. And then obviously, super big part of ROH, AEW, Impact, um, the whole wrestling community. It's, it's really sad. Um, unfortunately, the tribute show couldn't air Wednesday. I know they taped it. Um, I'm excited to watch it. I saw some of the results. Um, I think it'll be a really touching show with some good wrestling to honor the Briscoes. Yeah, I think that Tony Khan did a really good job with what he had, considering how last minute it all was. Um, kind of sucks on Warner Brothers Discovery for not letting them do anything on the air. Um, not allowing the 10-bell salute, I think it was, and then not allowing Tony Khan to have Dynamite be a tribute show. Um, but I won't get into that because that's like not really what we're here to talk about. 
but still sucks. Yeah, it's it's sad. Uh, the whole situation is everything surrounding it, but just best wishes to uh, to the Briscoe family as the two daughters recover, and you know his wife, his brother, and his family try to emotionally recover. Um, you know, we'll move on from that. So, you know, normally we'll just cover like news that happens in the kind of week that we're in. So we're covering basically from last Friday up until. Um, I guess, Thursday night to Friday morning um, for this week. So, you know, news just came out today. Um, The big rumored match for WrestleMania has been The Rock versus Roman Reigns. It's supposed to be the main event. They've been talking about that, like you said. Ever since Roman came back in 2020, that's what everyone's been hyping up is the money match, Roman and Rock. Yep, and especially, like, since they announced the – WrestleMania 39 is going to be in Hollywood. They're like, that's it. That's yep. the year. Well, it, well, because The Rock has said in interviews before, too, that if there was one Mania that it would be the most likely to happen at, it would be Mania 39. Right. And so, you know, there's been a lot of speculation that he might return in the Rumble. Um, people are reading into some merch that's been dropped on WWE Shop. And, you know, I kind of take that with a grain of salt. I think there might be some truth to it. We'll just have to see. But apparently um, it's been reported by the Wrestling Observer that the Rock has kind of made it known to WWE that he won't be ready in time for a main event caliber match. Um, I guess like it's a little it's a little weird for me because I, I know that in ring shape isn't the same as like the shape that he's in for all these movies that he's doing. But like I think Sean Ross Sapp made a good point on Twitter. He was like, "This guy surely has had to know that this is the match they've been wanting to do for years." Yeah. How like. How has he not been training for this? And also just, well, I'm going to jump right to I don't believe it. I don't either. I, I, don't, I think it's something that someone in WWE has given to Sean Ross Sapp or Dave Meltzer, whoever. Um, I believe he said it was a wrestling observer who broke yeah. the story. Um, so they gave it to Meltzer, but I don't think it's real. I think The Rock is still going to be at the Rumble um, on January 28th, and I think he's going to win the whole thing. But I'll get to that later. Yeah. I, uh... I'm I'm conflicted, right? Because the Wrestling Observer and Fightful and all those dirt sheets, like they're not always right. Yeah. Now I think that they're right more often than people give them credit for. However, that was the first thing I thought that what you just said. I was like, you know, maybe WWE just wanted to kind of cool it off a little bit to try and make it a bigger surprise of him at the Rumble because I I don't think like I saw this thing where it was like. Oh, they've dropped Rumble merch, and there's a there's a um, bull skull on it, and I was like, that's kind of just like a San Antonio thing. Yeah, I don't think that's a rock thing, mm-hmm. so I think you're reading into that a little bit too much. But they dropped like brand new rock merch on the shop, oh, they did. like sweatshirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't like say anything like Royal Rumble or WrestleMania, but it is new merch. Um, and then if you like follow WWE on YouTube, I know this is like a lot to read into. They posted a bunch of different segments with him on it. Mm-hmm. They posted this thing today that was like the final moment from the last 10 Rumbles, and he was the um, thumbnail um, for when he beat Punk for the title. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get more into what I think could happen later, um, but I, I I tend to not believe it either, but it is something to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. This week, obviously, I, I guess like this whole thing should be, should be like grouped together, right? So... Since, like, when was it? The summer, I'll just say, because I don't know the exact month. Yeah. The the Vince McMahon situation has just been 
ongoing, whether that be like him, you know, with the initial lawsuits and the allegations that came out, then Vince retires, then Triple H is head of creative. Um, I believe like mixed in there too, like Stephanie, like resigned or like took a leave of absence. She resigned resigned really shortly before it all happened. And she resigned like right before it happened. Then it happens. Then she comes back. Triple H is head of creative. Um, and then it was kind of quiet for a little bit. You know, there was some news here and there about just like either more allegations or like Vince has settled the suit or whatever. Um, and then all of a sudden, like three weeks ago, people were like, Wall Street Journal, who broke the news in the first place, were like, hey, Vince is uh, looking to come back to the company. And then like two days after that report dropped, he's back. Yep. Like Vince is back in the company. Um, it's just like, I, I can't believe it just because... I, I don't want to, I don't want to lambast, I don't want to lambast the man that much just because I don't want to throw dirt or every, or anything like that. But my thing is just like, I understand how power hungry he is all the time. And that's just how he's been. That's how he's been described by others as well, who work closely with him. It's not just a character, right? But he has to see like, the numbers are doing well, like since he's been gone with Triple H, Steph, and Nick Khan leading it. Yeah, the numbers have been great. I think they've actually improved. Mm-hmm. Um, the TV has certainly got better. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and fan engagement seems more positive, right? He he has to see some of that. And now he comes back looking for a sale because the media rights deal is up uh, at the end of this year, correct? Yes, I yeah. believe. So he's looking for a sale of the company. Last week, it was like briefly reported, oh, they've sold to um, Saudi Arabia's trust fund. Um, that was a whole thing. A very, a very scary 12 hours or so that was. Gosh, I, uh, yeah, Corbin and I were texting back and forth during that, and we were just like panicking. Yeah, well, because it's, I think what made it so scary is that we saw these people who are, like Sean Rossap, no, he never flat out reported that it was true. But he was definitely like dropping teases and hints on his Twitter as like that's what the direction was heading. And so I think that's what made it seem very real. I think like if I remember right, I think like Sean Ross Sapp and um Denise Salcedo yeah. were both just like, Oh my gosh, huge news. Mm-hmm. And then like a couple reporters were with check marks, I don't remember their names, but they had they're verified on Twitter, were like, Oh, it's happening. Yep. And then that's a whole thing. Corbin and I are texting like Sami Zayn going to leave the company. Kevin Owens going to leave the company. John Cena gone. Like, yeah. What's going on here? Um, and then I, it was either that day or the next day, Ariel Hilwani was like, guys are talking, but like hasn't been sold. Um, and then a couple days later, Nick Khan comes out and is like, the reports are 100% false. Um, that was the, He said that after it was reported that he met with like Disney execs, uh, because I believe he's close to the situation. Uh, and then I believe... The, the big rumor is that they're going to get sold to Comcast, right? The the group that owns NBC. And that's what I've been thinking since the beginning because it just makes the most sense. They just started their partnership with Peacock in 2021. Um, it seems to be going fairly well. Um, you know, Comcast owns USA, NBC, and then um, obviously Peacock and all that. So that being said, I think that this would be a perfect situation to, if they sold to Comcast... You know, SmackDown wouldn't be on Fox anymore, but it nope. could be on NBC. Mm-hmm. NBC is the station, right? I mean, everybody has Fox. 
but everybody has NBC too, and I would argue that NBC is the station yeah. on television. I, I would agree with that. I mean, think back to when they held Saturday Night Main Event on mm-hmm. NBC and the numbers they got on that. I'm not Huge. saying there's going to be. I'm not saying there's going to be numbers even close to that nowadays, right? Because TV just doesn't work like that. But more people watch NBC programming than Fox, I would say. Yeah, I um, can agree with that. And it just makes sense with the relationship that Vince has with uh, Eversol. Um, and just the history involved there. Um, but it was just a whole thing that was a lot of panic, apparently, like morale in the company since Vince came back. Has, oh, I'm like, sure it's tanked. Has tanked. That's what I've heard. So then that le- that led to Triple H holding talent meetings. It was like, guys, I'm still the head of creative. Like, it's fine. Everything's all right. Like, you know, we don't know exactly what he said, but the thing that's been stressed in the reports that he held these meetings was that he was like, guys, I'm still head of creative. And like, that's, I feel like that's as, as much of a relief to wrestling fans as it is to the talent. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just done a great job. Yes. He really has done essentially a complete 180. Um, if you would have told, if you would have showed me an episode of raw from January of 2022, and then if you showed me an episode from like October, November, December of 2022, night and day. Yeah. And I just, you know, Triple H really does have a mind for pro wrestling. He knows what he's doing. And I really, really, really hope if they get sold that whoever buys the company lets Triple H remain in, in charge of creative. Because the whole thing with the Saudi thing as well, another aspect was like, if they get sold to Saudi they're not going to run the company, right? They're going to own it, and they're probably going to want Vince to run it. That would be bad news. Bad news um, for everybody. It's just like, I'm sorry, he just he doesn't have as sharp of a mind for the business anymore as he used to. Um, not nearly as much as Triple H. Triple H like also has this track record before he took over as head of creative, right? I mean, you watched NXT from when he was like the head booker down there. It's like some of the best wrestling I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm wearing a Triple H shirt right now. Uh, I feel like every Friday when we have this podcast, I'm going to be wearing a wrestling shirt of some kind. I got a hoodie on over it. But, uh, yeah, I I love Triple H in the ring, right? But I think, like, it's been so impressive that you see a guy that was, like, I think he's a 14-time world champion. He's 14. And then he's an incredible head booker. He... uh I personally didn't hate TV at the beginning of 2022, but TV now is much better than that. Yes, and I mean, you could argue that these next three months of television that we're about to see could be some of the best months of TV that WWE has put out in years. Yeah. Years. So, super excited. I think we'll get into it when we talk about SmackDown, right? But I think I I completely agree with you. to kind of close out like the section talking about Vince and the sale and all that, um, it, it did come out this week that he settled his lawsuit um, with former referee uh, Rita Chatterton. Um, just some really heavy allegations there. I don't want to get too explicit, talk too much about it, but it is worth noting that he settled that lawsuit. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me for what he settled it for, um, but that is just something that that's to take note of. I feel like it's been a lot of reporting lately like, especially even since Vince has been back for like a week or two that like, Hey, he's settling all these lawsuits. Um, you know, the, the realistically the sale of the company is probably not going to happen for a couple of months. Um, if I had to guess it won't happen before WrestleMania, because I feel like 
I feel like that's already a big enough stress. And I could be reading more into it or wishful, wishfully thinking. I think it'll happen sometime in like May. Yeah, like I, I could see that sometime in that early summer, late spring type of... Because yeah. I, I agree, I don't think they want to disrupt anything leading into WrestleMania season. I think even Vince is smart enough to know that, how much that would disrupt the product. You would hope so. Yeah, you would You would hope so. Yeah. Um, on to lighter things, I guess, or less controversial things. Um, another thing that came out today, I, like a couple hours before we recorded this podcast, we're recording Friday, January 20th um, at... When it's 1.30 p.m., yeah. so we'll, we won't cover this week's SmackDown until next week. But just leaked the WWE 2K23 cover. Um, Corbin and I were actually talking about the game. Uh, he sent me a bunch of updates uh, a few days ago. Oh, really? I, that's like, I'm really excited for that because, I mean, obviously, Cody has to be in the game. Yeah. We have to have Cody in the game. Um, obviously, there's rumors of Bray being in the game, The Fiend being in the game, all having like all of Bray's different personalities and characters is uncle howdy supposed to be in it i don't know um but obviously i don't know who does and who doesn't know that right now um but yeah and like just the amount of people who've come back it's i think it's going to be a really great game i think like i think from the reports that i've seen a bunch of these people who have returned are going to have to be dlc because Mm -hmm. like they're just coming back at the time where they're developing the game like Apparently, even, like, Naomi's in the game. Sasha's not, but apparently Naomi is. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, LA Knight's not a DLC. Like, he's on the roster. He's going to be in the base game. Right. Um, So we were, like, we were thinking, like, cover has to be Cody Rhodes, right? I mean, it's been... But, I mean, what the scene is, what cover said, it was the cross-gen edition. Right. So So the cover that has been leaked is John Cena's on the cover. He's doing the you can't see me thing. Um I actually don't hate the cover. I, I, I like, like it, it a lot. It's pretty simple, but I like it. Um, it did say cross-gen edition on it, so... So um, that makes me think that's just that edition's cover. Okay. And I f- do feel like the reports of there being a um, Bloodline edition... Because, like, last year there was the N- NWL edition, and I think we could see the Bloodline... Um, or, like, the Bloodline edition of the game there. Um, and then I think there will be, like, another... Maybe that'll be, like, a Cody oriented or maybe that'll be like a bray oriented uh setup which would be really nice for either of those so they do the bloodline cover is sammy on it i don't know because the game uh, the the mike strong media reported with the cover Mm -hmm. earlier today that the game was supposed to release around march 17th that would be kind of outdated if Mm -hmm. when we get to it later i I think that could be really outdated if he is this is what i think is going to happen right so They'll they'll announce the game. I, I there's supposed to be a trailer like at the Rumble, right? Yeah. Isn't there supposed I'm to be a trailer? Sure that, I'm pretty sure that. Yeah. So I think they'll do that. They'll have the Cena cover as the teaser there. I we'll get into it more later about what's going to happen with the Bloodline, but I don't think they'll announce the Bloodline co- version of the cover because I do think you have to have a version with like at least Roman and the Usos, if not Solo and or even Heyman mm-hmm. as well, right? Um, I think you have to have that kind of cover, especially like Roman wasn't on the cover of 2K22, and he's been the most dominant professional wrestler. I mean, he's the biggest draw in the industry. Right. I feel like he has to be on the cover, right? But I don't think they're going to announce that cover until Elimination Chamber. Like, I think they'll put out that cover, like, at a trailer. And, like, that that trailer for that, like, for that edition of the game. Yes. Um, We'll get into more about why later, but... Uh, lastly, on like news for this week, I guess, um, as far as what I have written down. So 
Impact held hard to kill um, last Friday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So last Friday they um, held their big event. You know, you had Josh Alexander versus Bully Ray. Um, Alexander obviously won. He does a great job. Mm-hmm. I really love Josh Alexander. I think, sadly, it is only a matter of time before the the big money comes calling for Josh Alexander. Yeah. Um, a lot of people obviously saying that at least in terms of entering, he's like the, this generation's Kurt Angle um, that I've seen out there. Um, but I don't know if I don't know if he's that great yet. He needs to get onto a bigger stage in my mind, whether that be AEW or WWE. Um, but yeah, Josh Alexander's great. I think he's such a like just by his look, right? I think he's such a WWE guy. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if Vince was still in charge, I feel like he'd be all over him. And Triple H likes those guys too. I mean, an athlete's an athlete, right? Yeah. Um, you know that that was something noteworthy. Um. You know, I have written down here just a few things. Frankie Kazarian returned to Impact, um, said that he signed a, I think he said he signed a long-term contract with them because his contract with AEW expired. Yeah. Um, and then he showed up at Hard to Kill. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he said he signed a long-term contract. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably the right move for Kaz. Yeah. He was really lost in the shuffle in AEW. I mean, the last uh, notable thing he did was when he won the tag titles. And like the first three months of the company's existence back in 2019. That was so. with Scorpio Sky, right? I believe so, yeah. I think they were the company's first tag champs. They were. Right. They won the inaugural tournament. So, like, he he apparently said that he was getting offers from WWE as well. He said, like, they had a meeting, it went really well, but he just decided on impact. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that as good as he is, right, I think he would probably get lost in the shuffle in WWE as well. Oh, yeah, especially um, because at his age. Yeah. And... You know, I love Kazarian's in-ring style, but he's not the best promo. And not the best promo, a little too old. I mean, I wouldn't expect much from Kazarian in WWE. Right. He'll kill an impact, though. Um, Absolutely. I have written down here, Just I just thought it was funny. I saw it, like, I think I saw it pop up the next day, like on Saturday. It was on YouTube. Um, Santino Morella is back in wrestling with the Santino name, which I thought was funny. Yes. Um, Comes back as the new, um, I think it's like director of authority because he had like a yeah, DOA thing mm-hmm. on his jacket. Um, he's just fun to watch. I met him at a, uh, we were in New York City in 2014, I think. And he just was like doing a random, he was still with WWE. He was doing like a random autograph signing at like this building. Um, it was sponsored with like, um, what's that thing that, I think it's called like a juicy drop pop or something like that. Yeah. The thing that you like bit. squeeze and something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. It was sponsored by that. Santino was there. Got a selfie with him. It was funny, but um, nah, he's back. The crowd was laughing. Um, it was the match he restarted was Moose versus um, who was Moose facing in that was match? It, it was for the it was for the um digital title. That I think isn't that Brian Myers right no, now? No, because Brian Myers and Cardona were in a tag match on the show. They were in a triple threat tag. Um, so. Joe Sorry Hendry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joe Hendry. It was Moose versus Joe Hendry. I, I remember that now because what happened was, you know, um, Moose, like, controversially won the title from Henry Hendry, and um, Santino comes out, restarts the match, um, Hendry retains. Just a fun little thing. Um, glad to see him back on TV. Um, it's just, He's a guy that I think he could be, like, a similar um, – I'm, I'm not saying at all that he's, like – going to be nearly as good as this but similar to how like foley and regal oh, yeah. were commissioner in the early 2000s mm-hmm. um 
just kind of comedic relief. Uh, they can get made fun of and things like that, but he's not going to be anywhere near as good as them. Like, no offense, but I do think it'll be a similar role. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think Santino is going to do great in this in this role with Impact. Yeah, and then lastly, you just saw uh, the career versus title match at for the Impact Knockouts title. Um, Nikki James won the title. Um, you know, she she's just one of the best ever. I I feel like it's very easy to say that now. Yes. It's not really a, a controversial thing to say, or even. Really up for debate, right? No, um, no, not at all. I'm glad that she's not retiring. I didn't really think it was going to happen. Like, I didn't think she'd lose, but she won. Uh, there's talk of her doing, like, a retirement run, though, with the title and her going to, like, I mean, obviously last year in the Rumble, we saw her with the title in the Royal Rumble. Um, you know, people are talking about her making the rounds, like, AEW, WWE, um, I think even, like, in Japan as well, and then obviously Impact, like, this will be her last run with the belt, and it'll be her, like, retirement run. I think that would be uh, really well-deserved for Mickey James. I mean, she's one of the biggest pioneers, at least in modern women's wrestling, and in, in women's wrestling history, like, in general. Yeah. Um, so that would be really nice to see for her if, to go out like this. You look back at, like, the Trish and Lita feud, right, from, um, you know, they made a minute raw in 2004. Um, but like, I think not, not as influential as Trish and Lita. I'm not going to say that, but really close, I think is mm -hmm. the Mickey and Trish rivalry from oh, yeah. late 05 into 2006. You know, not only was it like really interesting TV with like Mickey's character work. Right. And she was new at the time as mm -hmm. well. Uh, but the matches they put on, like they put on a actually good women's match at WrestleMania in a time where that like almost like wasn't allowed. Like, I mean, that, I, that, that was for like. For a decade, up until yeah. the triple threat at 32, that was considered the best women's yeah. match in WrestleMania history. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then, you know, you had, like, in 2003, you had the triple threat women's match at Mania 19, which was good. It wasn't great, but it was good. It just didn't get enough time, I would mm -hmm. argue. You had the hair versus hair match at WrestleMania um, 20, which was good. Again, probably didn't get enough time. But then they really set the bar, like you said. Um, and then, like... Literally from WrestleMania 23 and 07 until, like you said, WrestleMania 32, there was like either not a women's match on the show, they're in a mixed tag, or a giant tag team match. Mm -hmm. They're all not given time, things like that, and so they really set the bar for what women's wrestling could be, and Mickey James was definitely ahead of her time, I would say. I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um I think that's about it, about it as far as we have for news. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things that came out this week. I think this news section is going to be jam-packed for the next few months. It's, oh, yeah. It's oh, the road yeah. to WrestleMania. Uh, WWE's looking to sell. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't even mention, like, in that wholesale thing, right, it's been reported that Tony Khan is interested in buying Which is, emerging. that's a whole other thing to get into, but... I, I don't think there's any chance of that happening. Um, it the, would be interesting. Have you seen on Twitter, people are saying it's possible for Tony Khan to get a WWE championship if the Jags win the Super Bowl? Yeah, you know, they always yeah, yeah. They always send out the custom titles yeah. to whoever wins in each major league, so... Yeah. I got Chiefs this Sunday, or Saturday, maybe they play, but... It's Saturday, yeah, yeah Saturday. I got Chiefs, but that would be really funny. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't see Vince as crazy as he is. I don't see him ever selling to Tony Khan. Yeah, I don't either. It would be interesting. Um, we'll get into SmackDown. Um, I kind of did. This was a show that I watched live on Friday, but I didn't take notes for live. I went back and took notes. Um, 
so I'll, I didn't take them in chronological order, but I'll try the best I can. So uh, Braun Strowman versus Gunther opened the show. Um, man, the IC title is back. It is. It really is. The the era of the, the work rate is back in WWE. Yeah. And, you know, after years of Vince not really letting these guys to go all out in TV matches, even on pay-per-view sometimes, Triple H is really starting to let these guys really work freely. Yeah. And it's paying off. The Intercontinental Championship and the U.S. Uh, the United States Championship, like they they feel like big deals now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, partly it's because of who's holding them, right? Like Gunther is a phenomenal worker, absolutely great. And I'll tell you what, we'll get into it on Raw Theory. I mean, he's he's turned it he's turned it around. Yes, I think that his promos aren't great, right? And we'll get into more of this later. But I just want to say this now while I'm thinking of it. Theory's promos are a little basic, right? But I think we have to remember, first of all, how old he is, and second of all, kind of the material he's given. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be kind of arrogant, almost not so much as Grayson Waller is supposed to be, like, annoying and things like that, but he's supposed to be that guy that you're like, okay, your insults aren't even that good anyway, but then he backs it up in the ring. Yeah. Um, but anyways, you know, Braun Strowman versus Gunter was excellent. Um, Gunter's just on, like... He's on his own. He can't have. He can't level. have a bad match. No, he can't. And it really gets gets you wondering what's coming for Gunther in these next few months. Because I have here noted, I don't want Gunther and Strowman to become its own feud. It doesn't need to become its own feud. That match that they had on Friday was great, but that's it. I don't want yeah. any more from it. I agree. Um, especially because he, Gunther needs to start uh, getting warmed up. Because um, obviously it's rumored. There's so many people he could be going up against at Mania. I mean, I have written down here, Sheamus, Drew, Cena, Lesnar. Like, those are some of the names that have been thrown around yeah. in the last few months. So, like, let's start to maybe change gears towards that and away from Strowman. Yeah. My initial thought, right, was you do Gunther versus Drew versus Sheamus at Mania. Literally just a Haas fight, right? You know, they're all beat the crap out of each other, and then you have Sheamus win the belt by pinning Drew because you don't want to pin Gunther. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Sheamus beating Drew would be believable. Um, I think that would be an excellent match. But then it comes out, uh, I think like a month ago, yeah. or something like that, where they're like, they're planning on doing Gunther versus Brock at Mania. And that's a whole different thing. Like, <laughs> I, I would be excited, but I'd be cautious because mm-hmm. Lesnar... I think he would ultimately give Gunther the rub and put him over, but I don't know how engaging of a match it would be. I mean, obviously I'd hope for the best, but I would really not want it to be a 3F5, maybe like five power bombs from Gunther and then call it a night. I think if anyone can get Brock to work again, like really work, it would be Gunther because he is this big guy, right? So like it would be kind of similar to his matches with like Bobby or Smojo or Braun Strowman. But I think that especially the matches with like Smojo and Braun Strowman, everybody was so hyped for, and then they ended up being like 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. uh, Brock wins, whatever. That was kind of in an era where Brock was kind of, to me, phoning it in. You have him in that fatal four-way match at SummerSlam in 2017 where he was great. And occasionally he was really good, but most of the time he's phoning it in. I think now he's not really... You know, he, he's not doing the big work rate matches he was even doing at the start of his run in 2012 with the company, like with Cena and Punk and right. even Triple H. But I think he is just kind of not in that formula, like you said, where it's like, oh, let's hit a few F5s, let's do some Germans, and then, you know, 
either Brock wins or something happens where the other guy wins. Mm -hmm. um, I think Gunter versus Brock could be great. I think you could see Brock start to go more into his technical side that we saw in his first run with the company. Obviously, he's not going to be as well-versed in that anymore, but it's still an interesting thing. But mm -hmm. I, I agree. I don't think Strowman and Gunter should feud after that match. I think, I think you can leave it at that if you really want to extend it a little bit, just like have him blow it off in the Rumble match, right? Mm -hmm. Like have Gunter eliminate Strowman in the match. It's over. Um, I just said... In my notes as well, you know, like I said, Gunter always delivers, but I also said I don't think Strowman gets enough credit. No, Strowman definitely doesn't get enough credit. Um, he really, I don't think he'll ever be as popular as he was in 2017. No. Um, he won't ever be that popular again, and I don't think, I mean, obviously that was the moment for a Strowman world title run. Um, but he, he's still there for great Haas fights, um, and if you need a great Haas wrestler, I don't think you should overlook Strowman. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, you know, I I don't remember exactly what was next, but I put just I know I know what the last thing on the show was, but the rest of the notes that I had, I said the backstage segment with uh, Sheamus and Drew and Adam Pierce was funny. Mm -hmm. I I enjoyed that. I I like that they're doing a tag team with uh, Sheamus and Drew, but also like, you know, they were hitting each other and like getting aggressive, and they had like a little mini stare down and all that. Um, I just think that would be a fun dynamic. I don't really want to. I don't want to see them in a tag team match at Mania. I want to see them in like either, you know, like a multi-man match, like we said, or like a singles match or whatever. But I, I do like what they're doing now. Yeah, and what, go, kind of going off of that, I said, um, you know, I think this might be on the unpopular side of things, but I'm personally not the biggest fan of Drew and Sheamus being a tag team. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little silly because, like, Sheamus already has his own stable. And I think Drew should be being portrayed as like you know one of these perennial rumble favorites that you see in like all these great rumbles someone will guaranteed to make it down to the final you know four competitors yeah um but i mean they're gonna get a great match out of the viking raiders tonight yeah and you know i'm excited to see what kind of story is going to unfold through the smackdown tag title tournament you make a good point though i didn't really even think about like you know sheamus has a stable so you know pairing him with drew is a little odd um but I don't think it'll be super, like... It's not going to be very long-term at yeah, all. Right. Um, I said, you know, there were a couple of women's matches on the show um, for SmackDown this week. And I just said, WWE has to do something about the SmackDown women's division. Yes. I, I know Charlotte's back, right? And that's a boost. And that's a good thing that she's back. But it still feels, like, super thin. Mm -hmm. uh, Corbin and I went to a SmackDown in November in Indianapolis, and there was a the they did it like three months in a row to determine the new challenger for the SmackDown Women's Title, where you do like a multi-woman match, gauntlet or six-pack challenge yeah. or elimination or something. And there's anything. always like you don't care about any of the women in the match, right? I mean, kind of care about Liv Morgan, sort yeah. of, and then that's about it, right? Mm -hmm. And you care about Charlotte because she's back. Um, other than that. I, I I like Raquel Rodriguez, but I don't think she's really connecting with the crowd as a face. I think she would be much more effective as a heel. Like he, I've had that in my notes. I said Raquel needs to turn heel soon. Yeah. If Triple H really wants her to be how she was in NXT, that's only going to happen as a heel. Yeah, she can't keep doing the thing where she shows off her back and like smiles or whatever. It's just, it's, it, it doesn't work. Waves hi to the kids and... 
it just doesn't work, especially like, I mean, it would work with someone else, I think, just because like, I think another thing with this is we've seen Raquel be an effective heel. Mm -hmm. We know it works, so just go with what works, especially when like you're introducing this person to the crowd. Like this, this main roster audience doesn't really know who these NXT people are. Right. You have to bring them up with what's most effective. He's done that in a lot of cases, but I think in this case, it's been a bit of a fumble. Um, you know, as, as, as thin as I think the SmackDown women's roster is, um, I noted just like, there was a segment with Sonya Deville talking with Pierce and then she got in a fight with Charlotte. Um, I just think like as thin as that division is, and I'm not saying Sonya Deville is like realistically a contender i think she does a really good job with whatever she's given she's mm -hmm. like she's one of the people on the show who always entertains me uh, yeah. with the limited time she has i think she's she she's been entertaining me since she was an authority figure with pierce i thought she did a great job with that too um i'd she like did, to see she her. did a great job with the ziggler otis and mandy storyline yeah. uh yeah. going into wrestlemania 36 yeah i'd like to see her get a little bit higher of a role and obviously she's kind of in a program with Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte will kill her. Like, she'll squash her. But, you know, at least she's getting that exposure. Um, you know, I had um, written down the the Karrion Cross and Rey Mysterio segment. Like, okay, the segment, like, wasn't that great, right? No. I, I didn't think the segment was that good. Um, I, it just it didn't really click. I didn't love Cross in the suit with the leather jacket. But I do think when they wrestle, I think that's the Friday after this one. I think it's yes, the next it's, it's Friday. the Rumble Go Home. Right. I think that match will be good. My thing about this, and we've talked about this for months, I just am not sold on Cross. Yeah. I, I don't see myself being sold on Cross no matter how many main event guys you have them go up against. Drew, Ray, whoever they have next. I just, he doesn't cut a convincing figure to me like he did in nxt and this sounds almost like a joke but i think part of it has to do with the hair yes it's i, I yes. he was much more intimidating when he was a bald when he was bald and like so like you said the leather it's just he and his promos are just very weird they're like kind of rambling um and then when you put that in the ring with ray who historically very hit or miss with his promos yeah. Uh, it was just like you said, a very awkward segment. It was. He was like, Kieran came out, Ray was talking, and Ray was almost just like, What are you doing in the ring? Because Ray wasn't even talking about Kieran Cross, mm -hmm. right? And Kieran's like, Oh, you won the Rumble. That was 17 years ago. Nobody cares. And I'm like, Okay, dude, just get to the part where you beat him up. And he yeah. did, and it was fine. It's just like, I, I am excited for the match because every, I don't want to say every time. Most times when Ray goes against a bigger guy, and most people are a bigger guy, but I mean, like, it's a it's a stark difference yes, with them, yes, too. Yes, David and Goliath. You look at the match that Ray had with Gunter, right? And I'm not saying Karrion Cross is on the same level as Gunter, but I do think they'll have a good match. Karrion will, Karrion will dominate, right? And then Ray will have the hope spot, and I think Cross will win. I think so, too. Um, but, yeah, and like, kind of like what you said uh, about, like, Ray kind of brushing him off, that's how this whole feud has been really portrayed. Cross more so going after Ray, and Ray's kind of just like, like Ray's just like awkwardly like not really interested in it. Yeah. And I think it's really weird, because normally when you have feuds like this, you know, Ray's like, oh, you've attacked me, you've mocked me for weeks. 
I want to get revenge, but Ray just like doesn't care. Yeah. Maybe least, maybe yeah. he will tonight. He's like, oh, you attacked me last week. I'm gonna get you next week. Yeah. Um, um, I wrote down just I thought the Bray promo was interesting. Like I I didn't I didn't know what to make of it because he comes out. Um, I believe they no no no. So he comes out with his normal entrance that he's been using since he came back, but then he sits down in the rocking chair in the ring, which was interesting enough. Then he says, "We're here." like his old gimmick. He refers to himself as the eater of worlds. Um, and then he, and then he says at like, at some point in there, he says, I am uncle howdy, but he's, he's not though. So like, but is he, is uncle, is uncle howdy a physical manifestation of like his broken personality? Maybe. So you don't think howdy will ever be unmasked? No. Okay. I don't honestly I'm still a little lost on this program. Mm-hmm. Um like I mean and that's what's crazy I wrote in my notes here. I mean this program that with Bray's been having with LA Knight and I guess to a lesser extent Uncle Howdy if he is his own individual with his own free will. Yeah. But um this feud has been going on for over 2 months and we're finally going to get the blow off to it. But I'm wondering how. Mm-hmm. How are they going to do this? Because it's a match type that nobody knows. They haven't really explained what the rules are. I think they uh, they've only, only they've only said no no DQ. Yeah, they've they've only said no DQ, no count out, which was obvious. Yeah. Um, and what kind of scares me is the fact that the Mountain Dew logo slapped on it. Not that that's like detracts from the actual match quality. But normally, their their track record, and I believe like we talked about this maybe with Grayson earlier this week, their track record with promotional matches in the last five or so years, last ten years, I'll say, has not been great. Let's let's just like, I that was under Vince, okay? So I, I want to be hopeful because I am really excited for the match. Mm-hmm. I was upset that LA Knight wasn't on SmackDown. You and I are huge LA Knight fans. Um, we were at that SmackDown is when their program started. Yes. I remember... L.A. Knight um, comes on the screen for a backstage interview, and Bray Wyatt. Well, first of all, they showed L- the they showed the, yes. the screen like cut to yeah. his new logo in the background. So L.A. Knight comes on the screen for a backstage interview. Corbin and I lose our minds because it's L.A. Knight. Then the screen flickers, and we're like, "Okay, interesting." And then Bray comes into frame, and we freaked out because yeah. like. Well, it was funny because that day, or like a week or so earlier in the yeah. week, they announced the SmackDown World Cup, mm-hmm. and the week before that. L.A. Knight had beaten Ricochet in a match, but Ricochet was in the tournament and L.A. Knight wasn't. And he said that was the backstage promo. That was the promo, but that's what we talked about, too, before the show. We were like, how, like, what's Knight going to be doing? Mm -hmm. And then we obviously revealed it later in the night, his program with Bray Wyatt. I don't know what they're going to do with the match, right? I'm tempted to say Uncle Howdy's going to cost Bray Mm -hmm. because it's been reported, and and I've been thinking this for a while, even before it's been reported. I'm not trying to, like, give myself credit or anything, but... The plan is apparently to do Bray versus Uncle Howdy at Mania, and I think that makes sense. Yes. So I think you have an, an Uncle Howdy, Sister Abigail Wyatt uh, on SmackDown in Chicago. Um, I think it was the like the one, and it was in December at some point. Um, was it the? Was it the? No, maybe I'm gonna think I'm getting my SmackDowns wrong. Yeah, I can't remember. Like, I know it was in Chicago. Yes. Right. So Uncle Howdy, Sister Abigail, Bray there. I think he cost him the match here. I, I think, and since it's the pitch black mat, well, I'm just going to say Alexa will be involved. 
That's a, okay, so I was going to get to that later when we get to, got to Raw. Yeah. But where do you think Alexa ties in with all this Uncle Howdy stuff? I think it's odd, right? Because, like, Uncle Howdy's pretty much in a program with Bray, right? Yes. Like, at least somewhat. Mm-hmm. But he's also in a program with Alexa and Bianca, right? Yeah. So, I think we'll get into it more during Raw, but... I'm not loving the Alexa stuff right now. I I'm not hating the Bray stuff. A lot of people are very critical of the of the program with Ellie Knight and Bray. I I am not hating it because I'm still not tired of seeing Bray, and I think it's interesting because there's kind of a curveball every week. Like, it may not be like the flashiest story, but I think there's a curveball of some sort every week. Also, whenever Ellie Knight's on the screen, I'm interested because. Mm-hmm. I just can't, like, I can't explain it. He is so charismatic. He is funny. I mean, he can he, talk. And he's a great worker. He says it himself. He's a megastar. Yeah. You, I, I think I said this to you, and I think you were like, yeah, I thought the same thing. He is, I'm a big fan of Mr. Kennedy or Ken Anderson. He is yep. the modern day Mr. Kennedy. He really is. Their, their in-ring styles are similar, I think. They are both charismatic as all get out, and they have a ton of potential. I hope we don't see LA Knight's potential get wasted like Mr. Kennedy's was. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. We've talked about it before, and obviously we'll see how this comes into fruition in the next few months, but LA Knight would be perfect for Money in the Bank. I mean, yes. that, that is literally like right up his alley for a gimmick. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really excited to see where, where LA Knight goes from here. If he does get the win at the Rumble, that'll be huge. I mean that. I mean, I'm talking like I would be a little shocked almost yeah. because it's Bray's first match back in the company, and obviously LA Knight hasn't gotten the best of reception sometimes from the the crowd. It's getting better every. It's week. It's getting better every week, but you know, especially like in that like mid December territory, we were getting a lot of what chance towards them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited to see what they do tonight, next week, and then a week from. Tomorrow. Yeah, I think he'll get a. I think he'll get a decent pop at the Rumble because I mean, yeah, it's a big four. It's a hardcore, game. hardcore yeah. crowd there. Um, I don't have anything else written down other than for the main event. Do you? No. Okay, so let's get into it. Right, you know, they they did backstage segments throughout the night for Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. I think they had two promos. One that was Sami and Paul, and one that was Sami and Kevin. Um, both great. Obviously, we don't even really need to go into that. They get to the match. I was so excited for this match. Every time they're in the ring together, it's good. And it was a great match. You know, they wrestled for like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a bunch of callbacks to their previous matches. Um, I love that stuff. Yeah. But, you know, then you get to the end. Um, normally a DQ finish would bother me, but it made so much sense in this instance. It did. It really did. And I saw people like on Instagram being like, oh, DQ finish, Vince is back. And <laughs> it's like, really? It's like, this This makes sense. Triple it's H not... can't book a DQ finish. Yeah. Or... It's like, okay. And like, but yeah, like you said, I think the DQ finish really served the story well. And it's just another pit stop in what I think will go down as the pinnacle of this Roman Reigns championship run whenever, obviously I'm assuming it's going to end at Mania, but yeah. there's obviously the possibility it goes longer. Yeah. And like I said, I think this will be like the crown jewel of this, of that reign of this generational reign yeah. by Roman. I think um, I, I, I'll get to this first before I get to my big point about this whole storyline. So I just wrote down like Sammy's facial expressions were great in the post match, right? 
when they first cost on the match and it was a DQ, he's he's setting up for the Haluba kick. They DQ, his face is, he's upset, right? Because he wants to prove it to Roman. He's told the Usos aren't there. They break it up, right? And he, his facial expressions were perfect because he was upset, but he wasn't like angry. He was kind of shocked almost. Um, he, the Usos and Solo beat down Kevin outside the ring and Sammy just like watches. He's not helping. He's not smiling. He's just kind of watching. Um, someone on Twitter made a really good point and I saw this um, in 2017 when Sammy turned heel, which Sammy Zayn's been a heel since, since 2017. 2017. That's what, We were texting about that yeah. earlier, maybe like earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. And, and I was thinking to myself and I was texting and I was like, wow. I was like, Sammy's really been a heel for years I know. that's unbelievable but when he turned heel in 2017 when he helped kevin owens beat shane mcmahon in the hell in a cell match right he he pulled he pulled kevin out from the table and shane crashed through it sammy's face was almost the exact same right after he did that when the bloodline were beating down kevin this week just kind of leaning up against in that case he was leaning up against the cell in this case he was leaning up against the ring same spot in the ring in that tur- in that corner post. He has that blank expression on his face. It's the same as when he first turned heel, right? I saw this photo on Twitter. I think you probably saw it too because it's making the rounds. Sammy's standing over Kevin Owens in the wreckage of the table when Solo put him through it. He's doing the one thing, and he still he, he kind of reluctantly did the one. Um, and then he put it down and kind of was still looking disappointed. There's this photo on Twitter where Sammy's looking down at Kevin with that face, and Kevin is grabbing onto Sammy's boot. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Yeah. Oh. So then my question for you is, is Sammy going to voluntarily turn his back on the bloodline, or are they going to turn on him? I don't know, because I was I was convinced, right? I was convinced the bloodline were turning on him. Now I think you might see him turn on the bloodline, except for... Which would be more effective in your opinion? I think, in my opinion, I would have had them turn on Sammy a couple weeks ago. Okay. Because I think that would have been the perfect way to uh, really put a lot of heat on Roman going into the Rumble defense against KO. Yeah. I thought that would have been a great way to get Roman a lot of heat. And the and the Rumble crowd would have eaten that up. Yeah. They really, I think they really legitimately would have let Roman have it. Yeah. And normally Roman, you know, he gets cheered. He gets cheered quite a lot because obviously people love Roman. But, um, but yeah, I really think that them turning on Sammy after the tag match on SmackDown against KO and Cena, I think that would have been smart. And then obviously at the Rumble, SmackDown after the Rumble, I would have had Sammy return, mm-hmm. and then you could set up Roman and Sammy for Elimination Chamber there. So tonight you have the contract signing with Kevin and Roman. Sammy's going to be involved, obviously. I think this is where we see Kevin physically get the best of Roman. Like mm-hmm. I think every contract signing ends with someone going through the table. I think I think Sammy. I mean, I think Kevin will put Roman through the table. Sammy will not prevent it from happening. It won't be like he. I think it'll be something where like. He doesn't like try really hard to help, but he also like kind of does mm-hmm. or something like that, right? So the bloodline's mad. You go into the um, acknowledgement ceremony on Raw 30 next week, and there's tension because Kevin Owens just got the best of Roman. Uh, they're probably gonna be mad at Sammy. Um, 
I think that they turn on Sammy, Sammy the SmackDown after the Rumble. I think something huge happens in the match at the Rumble. I don't know what, though. I think there's something that's going to happen in that match at the Rumble with Kevin and Roman that Sammy, Sammy will get involved. Something will happen. I don't know what. And then they turn on him. I think we could even see later in the night, I think we could even see Sammy in the Rumble. And you don't even have to have the... At first, I was like, you have Sammy in the Rumble. He, like, quote-unquote, accidentally eliminates Jay. And then that's the reason why they turn. I think you could even have, like... I think you could even have Sammy get involved in the in the title match between Roman and Kevin. Almost cost Roman the match, but Roman wins. And then he gets in the Rumble and has a great performance. Like, he gets, like, the final four. And then Roman's mad on Friday... That, like he said, after the tag match, he's like, are you trying to be me? Then he's asking, why are you doing so good in the Rumble match? Mm-hmm. And then I think that's when you either, you could do both in that situation, right? You could have you could have Roman and the Bloodline turn on Sammy right there. Or you could have Sammy turn on them right there. Because he's like, you know what? I wanted it for myself. I wanted the main event WrestleMania. And then you have him turn, right? Kevin would obviously support him. The match at Mania is probably going to be Kevin and Sammy versus the Usos. And that perfectly sets up Roman and Sammy for Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. You have to do that match at Elimination Chamber. You have to. It's in Montreal. You have to do it. Obviously, like, Sammy's not going to win, but, like, you have to do it. As much as it would be cool to see that match at Mania, we'll get into more about who it needs to be later. Yeah. Um, kind of going off what you said, um, when Sammy does eventually turn face... He has to have his old theme back. Oh, yes. He has to have his old theme back, and he has to cut his hair, and he has to trim the beard down, and I need Sammy to come out looking like it's 2014. The heart and soul of NXT? Yes, I need that when Sammy turns face. Because that, although Sammy has been very entertaining over the last few years, that's Sammy Zayn. Right. I mean, this Sammy Zayn's great. But Sami Zayn from 2014 to 2016, that's Sami Zayn. We haven't seen face Sami Zayn since 2017. I know, that's wild to think about. I know. Um, that's all we got for SmackDown. Uh, we'll get into Rampage. I think we only have about, what time is it? We have like 40 minutes left, mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll probably go a little bit quicker through this section. But uh, Rampage I did do in chronological order. Uh, it just cracked me up at the beginning of the show. Excalibur like running through all the matches and stuff they have. It just I, I love me those. Up. I love those memes that you see out there where it's like Excalibur or it's like somebody doing an Excalibur impression uh-huh. and it's running through like the most random things <laughs> ever. Those are the best. He's like a. I think he actually was a salesman. I feel like I've heard that before. But I don't know if that's true. Or so not. funny. Um, but that was just leading into Darby versus Juice Robinson. Um, I said like. I said the match was good, and I liked the match, but I didn't think it was as good as I was expecting it to be. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it was as good as I was expecting it to be, and I know we talked about this a few nights ago. Um, I really fear that Juice Robinson is going to just become another spoke on the wheel for AEW. I I think that's a valid point, but it's also a point where, like, I, I can't see any other scenario because as good as he is, right, there's just so many guys on their roster in general, and no offense, there's so many guys on the roster that are better than No, him. yeah, no, definitely. I don't think, you know, Juice Robinson's like AEW World Championship material. But, you know, after what I've seen in the last, like, year, year and a half uh, with his run as Rock Hard, I think he was former IWGP United States Champion yeah. in, in Japan, part of Bullet Club, um, I think it's a little disappointing just to see 
you know, somebody who really elevated his stock um, by going to Japan and going through the Young Lion system and going through the dojo there. And he, like I said, reinvented himself yeah. and got his stock as high as it'll probably ever be, sadly, now. Um, unless, obviously, Tony Khan has big plans for him. But. Right. I will say in that match, uh, towards the end, they did a reversal off the top rope um, where Darby reversed the move into the Scorpion Death Drop off mm -hmm. the top. That was sick. Mm -hmm. One of my was. favorite moves of the week. Um, God, I just put, like, the acclaimed in the Ass Boys segment was terrible. I don't have much to say about it. Uh, what I'll say is what I told you also a few nights ago. Ever since they've introduced the trios titles, the the main AEW Tag Team Championships have really become secondary to those. I mean, you see the Elite and the Death Triangle are out here putting on like four or five star matches every single week of the Best of Seven series. And you have the Acclaimed in a feud with Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt. And now they're in a feud with Billy Guns, his kids... I Colton and Austin are those? Are yeah, those, Colton and Austin. Yeah, I don't know. Um, this segment was just bad. I feel bad for the acclaimed because you know six months ago they were one of the hottest acts in wrestling, and while they still are very much a very popular act, uh, they've been kind of devalued by their booking. You know, they really started off great with the Swerve and Our Glory stuff. Yeah, but ever since then, and ever since that's ended, it's just been very very mid for the acclaimed i'll be honest i think i think they stretched the acclaimed versus swerving our glory they, like too oh, much i think they they did the match too many times mm -hmm. in my opinion it should um, have ended after grand slam yeah i agree um we'll move on from that uh just going into the house of black tag team match against uh eddie kingston and um santana or is it ortiz uh it's ortiz okay i keep getting that confused mm. but anyway like the house of black entrance is sick i always think that every single time I see it it's awesome um, but then they get into the match um, the sequence where Eddie Kingston's in and Malachi Black gets tagged in for the first time was awesome like you know they start fighting and then they eventually uh, face each other crisscross in the ring that was awesome uh, Eddie Kingston is just the best I love Eddie Kingston so much um, I really hope that like I told you this leads to Eddie Kingston versus Malachi um, at Revolution Fingers crossed. I hope it does. Um, it might be. Uh, Eddie Kingston hasn't been really getting enough love in the last few months as he should be. Yeah. Me personally, I think I would have liked to have seen Eddie Kingston and Danielson spot right now. Yep. Especially because especially because Moxley's like his friend and everything. Yep. Um, which, I think which Danielson is too. But Jan like yeah, but it's I mean it's been well established in AEW lore that Moxley and Kingston are really good friends. Um, and so I think it should be MJF and uh, Kingston, but like I said, I'm excited to see Eddie versus Malachi, and I'm curious about the Ortiz stuff because obviously yeah. they've been teasing that he could turn heel. I would he join House of Black? It seems like Malak because cause like in the promo from Rampage a few weeks ago, Malachi said, "What if?" I influenced your friend. Something along those lines of like, what right. if I influenced your friend? So it kind of made you think, oh, is uh, Ortiz going to turn heel and join House of Black, or is he just going to turn heel and do his own thing? So I'm curious to see what that where that goes. I personally like. I can't see Ortiz in the House of Black. I can't either. Uh, but like you, I think you made a really good point, just about Kingston. In my opinion, too, should be where Danielson is. I think they. I'm liking the stuff they're doing with Danielson and MJF, but I think you could have held that off until um, 
double or nothing. Because I think having Danielson as MJF's first challenger for the title, I don't believe for a second that Danielson's going to win. I don't believe it either, and it also kind of makes it feel like, well, what's next for MJF right. after? Because that, that was like the big match once MJF won, was yeah. Danielson. And now that they're running it like right away, yeah. I'm not complaining, but I'm interested as to what they're going to do with MJF next because there's not a whole lot of guys they can really choose from unless they choose someone else who's already won the belt before, like Omega or Hangman. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, getting on to like the main event match, uh, it was interesting, that's for sure. Um, I did like the Dudley Boys tribute with uh, Willow Nightingale and Ruby Soho. That was mm. fun. Um, didn't didn't like the tribute with the table spot. Like, yeah. it's just... You hate to see stuff like that. I don't think it's Willow's fault. Like, no. I don't think it's either of their faults. I just think the spot was poorly thought out, poorly executed. Uh, it just was not good. No, I mean, I respect what all the females in the match did. Obviously, yeah, yeah. very. Um, but uh, also, can this feud between uh, Ty Conti and Ruby Soho please, please, <laughs> please be over? That's what I had. I said. Please. I said this really needs to be the last match between Ruby and the J. Uh, Ruby and the JAS. This feud's been going on since at least August. Yeah, I feel like even earlier this has gone back to uh, like over. I feel like this was back in like even maybe July, or w- when did it, or it may it might have been August, but like when they ran the angle uh, where like they broke. It was still when Jericho and Kingston were. Fe- that, that's how long this has been going yeah. on. This dates back yeah. to when Jericho and Kingston were still feuding. Yeah. So, yeah, this needs to, this feud needs to be over. I think it is based on dynamite. Yes. Um, but I I this was just like a pet peeve of mine that I just wrote down. We don't have to elaborate. Um, you had Ruby and Willow win, right? Which like I'm glad they did. They should have because that means the feud's over. I did not like though. Ruby Soho kicks out of the pile driver through the table at ringside. Like, I'm sorry, it's just not believable. Like that. If you're going to do a pile driver through a table, that needs to be the finish, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But that's just a pet peeve of mine nowadays. Too many finishers. I guess, I guess Moxley did that to MJF at full gear, and that wasn't the finish. <laughs> I didn't I didn't love that even. <laughs> even during that match, I didn't love it. I hesitate to say this, but I'll just say it. I think that's a little different. Okay. Right? Because it's the AEW world title. It's the main event of a pay-per-view. You're, you're right. I still didn't love it at the time. I, I remember thinking, like, eh. That should have been yeah. the end. Or just don't do it. Yeah. But and, no, no, no. What it was was they did that, and it wasn't no DQ. And I'm like, yeah, what that, are we yeah. doing here? Like, he just did a pile driver through a table. The ref just watched it happen. And I understand, like, AEW is notoriously, like, lenient, and they're, like, they don't really do DQ finishes. Mm-hmm. But, like, just don't do the spot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But... I also said, like, to close, you know, I think it's important to have title matches, like, on TV. Um, you know, we've seen WWE do it with, at, at least more so recently. And yeah, that's what's really helped build the their mid-card titles yeah. back up. However, I think AEW does it a little bit too much. Yes. There's a title match. There's a title match on every single show. Mm-hmm. Like, no exceptions, right? I There's not a title match scheduled for this next week's Rampage. And I'm, I can't believe it. But, um... There's a title match on at least one title match every single show. I I guess it's fair if you're gonna have a TV title like the TNT title, but also like, I don't know. But, I I don't love it. And like they also ran the entirety outside of the first match in the best of seven series on TV. Yeah. So 
Like, but also they only have pay per view like what every they only have four a year. They only have four pay per view. Well, I guess five if you're going to count Forbidden Door. Yeah, so they only have about four of their own individual right. pay per views a year. So you do need title matches on TV to help keep things fresh. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. But that's also a side effect of having however many titles they have, and the the fact that they're still going to introduce more, I believe, in the next coming few years. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, so we'll get on the raw. Um, opening segment was yeah, it was with the uh, Judgment Day and the Bloodline. Yep. This was a fun segment. Um, it was. Judgment Day, one of the best things on Raw right now. They're they're great. Mm-hmm. Everyone involved. Um, I loved I loved the stare down between Rhea and I Solo. Did too. That was awesome. I really did too. Yeah. Um, like you said, the Judgment Day has really turned around once Edge got kicked out of the group, especially yeah. in those first few months when Vince was still in charge and Edge was out. Mm-hmm. It wasn't looking great. Yeah. Um, and I remember a lot of people were worried that you know Judgment Day would be ruined, but once Triple H took control. Obviously, Balor and Ripley are some of his favorites that he worked with in NXT, and he doesn't yeah. dislike Damian Priest. Right. Um, so I knew once Triple H took control that they'd be in much better hands, and I'm really glad to see that I was right on that. Rhea needs to be the one that wins the Rumble. I don't want to dive too much into it because next week we're going to be talking we'll a lot Rumble about preview. the Rumble, right? Yes. But Rhea's my pick to win the Rumble, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. Looks my way next week. I agree with that, but like I said, I'll get into that next week too. Um. You know, I, I, I took a little bit of a... I, I think that... I wrote this down earlier when they came back out for the match against the uh, Alpha Academy. Like, that Judgment Day, just they feel like a really big deal, like mm-hmm. you said, and I think that's credit to them turning things around. Um, in that, like... In that tag match, though, with the with the Judgment Day and the Alpha Academy, and I know we're skipping around a little bit, um, it just... It seems every week like they're planning on turning AA face... Um, I, I think that... It's I think only that, a matter of time. Yeah. Chad, like, Chad Gable's so good, right? The crowd's always loved Otis. And while I haven't always been the biggest fan, I've really enjoyed the stuff he's doing with Alpha mm-hmm. Academy. More so because of Chad than anything, because he's unbelievable. Yeah. But, I'm I'm a little bit surprised that the Alpha Academy itself has lasted as long as it has. Yeah. Because I remember when they first started in, like, the Thunderdome days... Yeah. It was like right after Tucker had just turned on Otis and Otis lost the money in the bank to Miz. I was like I was like, This is very random. Yeah. And I was like, Chad Gable should be doing better than this, but I'm like almost like what I said with the judgment day, I'm really glad to see that, you know, fast forward two years, almost three years now, and they're one of the most entertaining and consistent acts on T V. Yeah, yeah. Um you know, I, I I really liked the promo between Becky Lynch and Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um They've been feuding for a while, but it it doesn't feel that it doesn't feel that long, no, especially since we're doing the blow off match on Raw next week. Mm-hmm. But um, I I really liked it because they talked a lot about their history in NXT. I'm a sucker for callbacks like that. They they're doing a lot more of that nowadays because obviously Triple H booked it. So, um, but I I really like the promo talking about their history. I think there was a line where like. You know, Bailey was like, "Oh, you know, you brought you were on the main roster before me, all that." And then Becky's like, "No, I came up before you with the rest of the Horsewomen, but you were left in NXT to carry the brand. I was just another face when I came up, and I had to earn my way to the top." And that's true. She's not just saying that. Yeah, we saw it. Bailey's kind of been earmarked for a while to be a star. Yeah, Becky was never really given that treatment or was presented that way in NXT. 
Um, and even really up until 2018, she wasn't really treated that way. Yeah. So I'll say this. I personally like Bailey more than Becky. Now, not I didn't used to because... Mm. The man was great. Right. The man was great. I still love big time Bex, but I love, love, love Bailey since she turned heel. Mm-hmm. Like she's consistently one of the best things on TV every week. I love damage control personally because I love Eos guy and uh, Dakota Kai as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. And to kind of, I guess, maybe wrap up on the women's segment for the night or this women's segment. Um, I know that like wins and losses don't matter. But you know, Bailey's losing on Monday. The cage yeah, match, yeah, yeah. the cage match, keeping out Dakota and Io. She's losing. She's losing. Bailey won the first match. Was it the the, the, the Raw after Christmas or yeah. the so? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Bailey will lose, yeah. right? But I I wouldn't be shocked if she won because you know they do the thing where if you escape the cage, you win. Mm-hmm. I can see Bailey winning that way, but Becky won. I could well I could see Bailey winning if like they pull a thing of EO and Dakota climb in to the cage and like distract Becky and double team her while Bailey makes her escape. I could see uh could see EO jumping off the top. Yeah, a moonsault from the cage. Hold on. Uh I'm excited for that match, but also just kind of involved with all that. Um so Mia Yim had a match with EO Sky. Um I personally didn't think the match was great, but I also thought it was interesting, like the graphic when Mia Yim came out on the Titantron and on the Raw graphic was just Meechin. So, like, it's just been a debate, like, this for is, so long. Is it her name? Like, I think it is. But I don't, I don't know. I don't this know. week I didn't hear them ever call her Mia Yim. Okay, yeah, I don't remember them saying calling her Mia Yim either. So I think she's Meechin now, which is fine. Yeah, I was, I'm was. i not really one to complain when WWE does name changes. I don't really... Yeah. I mean, they've rarely done one that's, like, egregious. Right. Like, people were like, oh, Gunther, Butch... Butch is the worst one in my opinion. Butch is pretty bad. I don't know what the problem with just calling him Pete Dunn is, but I, like, I'm used to it now. Yeah. It's fine. The the uh, Volter to Gunther change didn't really bother me in the first place. The Butch one did, though. But, um, you know, after that match, though, you know, Candice LeRae was involved with the match. I don't know if you noticed this or not. You probably did. But they cut to commentary after the match, and Nikki, Nikki Cross, Cross was, was in the crowd. Yep. It was cool because it took me, like, a little bit to figure it out because like I was just focusing on the commentators and I was like oh fans standing up oh it's Nikki Cross I have something that I have like a theory a small theory with that I'll yeah. get into it next week because it's more rumble related oh okay it's just a bit yeah I'm intrigued wait okay alright I think I think I know where you're going with that but we'll leave it for next week um, Akira Tozawa really funny entertaining right he has his match with Bronson Reed he's never going to win that nope. match but Tazawa is a great seller. That's what I put down. I he do. made he made Bronson Reed look like a monster. Mm-hmm. He um, made Rhea Ripley look like a monster. That was awesome. That was I mean yeah. No, it's a, I I like Tazawa. He's fun to watch. Um, I said and and now I'm just kind of on the main event thing. Um, you know you had the six you had the six pack challenge for the main event right? You had Miz, Ziggler, Corbin, Balor, Rollins, Lashley. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say this to start the. Uh, Kind of like the Darby versus um, Juice Robinson match. I was expecting this match to be like unbelievably good, right? Mm-hmm. And it was good, but I thought it left a little bit to be desired. Yes, it definitely did, especially because of the names involved. Yeah. Um, you know, not to discredit like Miz, but he's a he's a good worker. Yeah. But like, and, and Corbin's a, a good worker. He's not the best. Obviously. He's dependable. He's yes, he can you can get a very serviceable match out of him. Right. But you know, Ziggler. 
Rollins, Balor, Lashley. If you did that Fatal 4-Way match, like, whoo, yeah. But um, with the names involved, how the upper mid-card main event scene has been portrayed on Raw in the last few months, I think a lot of people were excited for it. And not to say that it was like, oh, this match sucked, it was a disappointment. Right. But um, definitely could have been a lot better considering who was involved. I did like I think a, I think a reason for that for me personally, like first of all, I we were talking about this. I would have liked to see Finn Balor win. Yeah. I, I understand they probably didn't want to run heel versus heel. They didn't want to do Austin Theory versus Finn Balor. They're both heels. But like it's a match we haven't seen. They, they would tear the house down, obviously, and then you have the potential where it's like, oh man, same week. What if Finn Balor beats Theory and what if Judgment Day beat the Usos? <laughs> Um, I don't think that Judgment Day is going to beat the Usos next week. I think you do. I do. You I do. do think they will. Yeah. Well, let's get into that because I mean, it's we'll, we'll be covering Raw next yeah. week. Why do you think? Um. So when you were like saying earlier about your Sammy and like how you would do like the Bloodline and Sammy story, I think that um, Sammy somehow is going to cost the. I think that match is going to open the show. I okay. think a tag match is going to open the show. Okay. Um, I can see this. Not to interrupt, but I could see the cage match opening. It'll be one of I the could, two. Yeah, it'll be one of the two. Because um, I could also see the well, I cage. I could see the U.S. title match opening the show. I could see the... I, any one of those three could open slash main event the show. Bloodline will be the main event, and I'll get into why later. Uh, but I'm gonna, I think that's the main event, too. So I think the tag match will open the show. And I think Sammy somehow, some way, cost the Usos the Raw tag titles. And I say this one just because it's not for the unified tag titles, it's for the Raw tag titles. And I think Triple H is slowly starting to move away from unified titles. Um, Like, in the coming months, we'll find out what's going to happen with Roman. We've seen some really bad stuff about that, like some really bad ideas about that. Um, But I think Triple H is slowly starting to move away from unified titles because now each brand has depth and division, uh, or has depth to their tag divisions. So... Um, I think that we will see Sammy cost the Usos, and I think the Judgment Day will be rewarded for their work that they've put in over the last few months. Yeah. And I could see them defending it using the Freebird rule, um, and have sometimes. That'd be we, sweet. I think that's how they'll go. Um, but then I think in the main event, which you said, I think that the Bloodline segment, I could see them turning on Sammy. I could see because in the main event, yep. Because okay. I, so they've said that they're gonna. It's not just gonna be the bloodline that we've seen. There's gonna be other members there. They've they said it's going to be the entire like Anawaii family slash so like the entire bloodline. We'll see if that means the Rock. We'll see. I'm still fifty fifty on it. I could see Rock returning on Raw. I could also just see them not having Rock on Raw. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe the Rock really won't be at the Rumble. Yeah, maybe he won't. Um, but. Yeah, I think in that segment, Monday on Raw, I can see the bloodline turning on Sammy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even really think about that. I'm going to go with the Usos because I can't bet against them, especially, mm-hmm. like, in this. Like, if they were... I'm not saying Judgment Day or lesser than, right? But, like, if and when they do the match, the Usos versus Kevin and Sammy, like, Kevin and Sammy will win, 100%. Mm-hmm. But, like, in this instance, I can't bet against them. But I do think it's interesting. Um, the only reason I'd want the Usos to win and stay... Um, as unified tag champs is because I would want them to drop both titles to Kevin and Sammy. Right. And then what I would do is, um, it'd be like the Raw after, 
I would debut new titles, new like undisputed yeah. unified tag titles. Cause yeah, I, cool. yeah, because I mean, if you're going to unify the titles, there's no point in having like any brand names with it. Right. You might as well just call them the WWE Tag Team Championship. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that. Um, in this match, I just kind of so I'll get into more about this later briefly, but like. I love Dolph Ziggler, right? He's been one of my guys since I started wrestling, started watching wrestling. I've been watching wrestling since 2012. Um, you know, he was, he became Mr. Money in the Bank like three months after I started watching wrestling. Um, and I've always loved Dolph. I think he's been great forever. I just, at, at first I was going to say, I'd like to see one more world title run with Dolph. That's never going to happen. No. And I don't even know if I'd want to see that. But, I'd love to see one more mid-card title run with Dolph, like a U.S. or Intercontinental title, especially since like those titles feel prestigious now. I'd love to see it. It's not going to happen, no. in my opinion, but I, I just I want to get that guy more screen time. I think he's one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree that he is very underrated, but I think to what you were saying, um, I think the, the best you're going to get from that is his NXT title yeah. run from earlier this year. Yeah. Um, which was still cool, I right. thought. Um, I think next week, so Lashley won the match, obviously. I think next week we see... Um, the Hurt Business reunion. Man. I think it's going to come to fruition. So you think that? So here's what I think. I could all... Because this is, this is a thought that just popped into my head, like literally as I was speaking. I think it could be interesting if you have Shelton, Cedric, and Tomas... Somehow, maybe they attack the winner of the Judgment Day and the Usos after the match, and kind of be like, "Oh, obviously people would know." But right, and then later in the match, in the main event, those three and MVP uh, help Lashley regain the U.S. title from Theory. Yeah, and then I think that'll be like Raw, the like the, the last the the closing up like. Quote of Raw from Kevin Patrick or Corey Graves will be like, you know, everyone on Raw is on notice or something. Yeah. Like, you know, like something like that. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously the Hurt, they're teasing the Hurt Business reunion because you saw MVP and Omos come down to the ring during uh, Cedric and Shelton's match against the Street Profits. Mm -hmm. um, and then they came down there in this main event as well. I, I do like that theory, and you're probably right, but I think a bold prediction is Brock costs Bobby the match. I think you can see Lesnar come out on Monday, cost Bobby the match, and you set up their third match at the Rumble. Well, I could see that, but I also couldn't see that because part of me thinks they're going to keep Lesnar as a surprise entry. In the bit. And that's what I was uh, earlier. We didn't talk about the Cody vignette aired oh, yeah. about how Cody was announced for we the should Rumble. Have, we should have put that in the news segment. We should have put that in the news segment. But um, So Cody Rhodes is confirmed for the Royal Rumble this year. Um, it'll be his first appearance since well, alive in front of a crowd since the night uh, after the night Hell in a Cell. Um, he's going to get a huge pop, not as big of a pop as it would have been if he was not announced. If but it was a quote unquote surprise, because yeah, everyone knew, everyone knew, everyone knew Cody was coming back. Um, like the, even like from the minute he was injured, everyone was saying he was going to come back and win the Rumble. I think the reason that he'll still get a huge pop though is like is I think he'll be the number one entrant. And I, I think everybody would be like, whoa. Yep, and then, and then you know, what's going to happen is there's going to be, like, the crowd's going to die down a little bit. So, like, okay, who's number two? And then you're going to hear burn it down. Yep. 
And yep. they're going to lose their minds again. I know. I'm like, I'm 100% convinced the first two in the match are going to be Cody and Seth. They're going to be the Ironmen. They're going to yep. go all the they're way. They're going to go to the final four. Yep. Both of them. I think the final four. I think going off your final four or like a combined final Maybe we'll put like have a, have a combined final four next week. But I think you're going to look at a final four of Cody, Rollins, Sammy, and The Rock. I could see that final four. I don't even know if I would change it. I think that might be it. I think that I think that will be the final four. Maybe not Sammy or maybe not Seth. Maybe put Drew in there. Maybe put a Brock or an Edge. But I think I think that's I think that's that's the final four. I think that's the final four. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it right now. I think that right there is the final four. Um, you have well, I'll just fancy book it. You have yeah. Sammy get eliminated by the Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Cody eliminate Seth, and then you have Cody and The Rock final two. Please let Cody win. He's if if The Rock's in it, The Rock's winning. Yeah, right. Let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. But like, oh, I want Cody to win. It. And also, the pop if Cody eliminated The Rock would be huge because nobody would see it coming. That's true. That's true. Would he get booed? No, I don't think he'd get booed. Okay. Because I think there's the majority of people want. Cody to win. Well, the well, the Rock wouldn't get booed if he eliminated Cody. The Rock wouldn't get They're booed. They're kind of going to win-win. The Rock wouldn't get booed. I would. I wouldn't think there would definitely be a lot of disappointment. Though. That's fair. Um, I would be disappointed. Personally. I would. I would personally be disappointed too. Yeah. Um. And so I do think that they. I think they would run the risk, especially depending on how hot the crowd is and how hostile the crowd is. I could see the crowd turning on like the final the closing sequence of this of the match if if Sammy's in the final four no, and he's it, not in the final two, I could see them turning on that. I could see them turning on that too. I think I'll say this. I think if the Rocket eliminates Sammy Zayn, I think there'll be booze. Yeah. I don't think it'll be like everyone booze, right? I think there'll be people that boo that. The only reason I could see people booing the Rock in any capacity is because it would just be WWE going back to the old trope of mm-hmm. calling in the legend to and the young talent or the right. the hot stars have to put him over. Brian Alvarez said this today. Normally, I don't really, or I saw it today. I don't think he said it today, but I don't normally agree with what he says. But he made a really good point. He's like, WWE is they have to nail the Sammy storyline, right? Because if you're not running Sammy Roman at Mania, and they're probably not going to, and you're gonna do Cody or Rock, you have to be really, really careful with how you book the Sammy story, so as you don't get a Daniel Bryan Roman Reigns situation. Yep. And I think that's a really good point. I think that. This crowd, the crowd loves Sammy so much, and don't get me wrong, Sammy Zayn is one of the best parts of TV every single week. Yeah, I want to see at WrestleMania. I would personally rather see Cody versus Roman. Yes, the main than event. Versus the Roman. main event of WrestleMania this year should be yes Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. I agree. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing The Rock if there were no titles on the line. I think you got to do it both. I think I think you have to have Roman wrestle both nights. If The Rock is available, you have to do the match. Yeah, I'm not going to say that they shouldn't do it. Right, because it's, it's the biggest money match they have in their pocket. Yeah. Have Roman work both nights. Have it, have the Cody match just be for the WWE title, right? Because Cody said specifically the, he, WWE, the title. WWE championship. Cody doesn't really, see, at least in storyline, doesn't seem interested right. in the Universal title. So you have Cody for the WWE title. You have The Rock for the Universal. Rock loses for the Universal. Roman still holds on to that really long reign. But then you have Cody beat him for the WWE title because he accomplishes what he wanted. And Roman's for the first time in over three years. And Raw finally has its own right. top champion. Right. But that's enough about Raw. We're running out of time. we got to speed through Dynamite. Uh, I hate that we have to do that, but yeah. I there there is some stuff. Um, 
you know, with the Orange Cassidy Jay Lethal match, the match wasn't terrible, but I've said this to you in the past. Not a big fan of Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. Uh, I don't really understand either of their. Well, I understand what they're going for with their gimmicks. I just I don't really connect with it. Yeah, um, I don't mind Orange Cassidy. He's kind of he's consistently entertained me. Um, I really like how Jay Lethal got to open the show. Yeah. Typically, I'm not the biggest Jay Lethal fan, um, but it was really great to see one of Jay Briscoe's biggest rivals right. uh, open the show and get to be able to put on that match, a title match. Um, so, yeah, that yeah. was really nice to see. Yeah, the uh, the lethal combination is an awesome move. The lethal injection is cool. But I like, love the, the lethal, lethal combination is sick. And uh, whenever I create my own character in 2K, I, try, I like to just have the lethal injection as my finisher. It's such a sick move. It, I love it. Um, the match really wasn't that bad, though. I didn't hate it. Um, but get on to the Top Flight versus the Young Bucks match. Um, great match. I, I really... I used to be a Young Bucks hater, right? I did too. I used to be a hater of theirs. Still am to some extent. I don't. I don't hate them nearly as much as I used to. I I like them now. I don't love them, but I like them, um, especially when they're heels, because they're they're good heels. They're great they know heels, they're in doing. my opinion. But the top flight match was great. Uh, the powerbomb nosedive combo finisher was unreal. Yeah. Dante Martin is so good, and then you have top flight beat the Young Bucks, which like. That was crazy. It was crazy, and and I think this will probably not at Revolution, but I don't know what the elite's plans for Revolution are. Um, I think this will most definitely lead to Top Flight and AR Fox versus the elite for the trios titles, probably just on an episode of Dynamite within yeah. the next month. Yeah, they um, said they did say that more matches for Dynamite are supposed to be announced tonight on Rampage. Okay, I think you could see that match even yeah. announced for next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll happen for sure. I don't think it'll happen at Revolution. Um, I don't even know. Hangman said, and and what? I'll just jump. To yeah, it. I'll we'll just, just jump just to, get it to it. Hangman had the promo with Renee. Um, I thought it was really good. I had written down like, Hangman Page might cut the most believable promo in the business right now because he's just like, it just seems like a real person. It's very, it's very genuine. Um, he said in that that he like. He didn't say it exactly this way, but he essentially was like, I have some unfinished business, like stuff I need to attend to. I think you have Hangman. I think you do the rematch from uh, All Out. I think you do Hangman and uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds versus the Elite. I wouldn't be upset about that at all because the match at All Out was very fun. Yeah. Um, The problem is I think that the Dark Order lose again. They lose again, and... uh, I kind of, I mean, Hangman is ob- will obviously forever be associated with the Dark Order, but for me, I I love my my Hangman Page when he's on his own. I yeah. do like the Dark Order stuff. The Dark Order were a crucial part of the Hangman story, um, a crucial part in helping him find himself. Yeah. And um, but like I said, I mean, I have it down here in my notes. Obviously, he's not going for the world title. Yeah. That's Daniel. That's set. But it feels like anything else, especially after he just beat Moxley, is kind of below Hangman's level. I don't know what he would go for, right? Because the the TNT and well, All Atlantic titles aren't really like. And I'm thinking of a heel for him to face. The only person I could see him facing that's on his level is Adam Cole, but that's face versus face, and you yep. don't want to see. I don't think either man can afford to lose right now. No, they can't. I don't know what they run, but I leaned back in my chair when you were talking about the whole Dark Order thing because I think what you also could do. Um, Preston Vance. Well, I think you could do Dark Order versus LFI. No, 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 no. Okay. I think you could have the Elite versus 
Oh, man, but I don't know who the third member would be. The thing is, like, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and I was going to say Bobby Fish, but he's not going to be in the company. Yeah. I don't and, know. and O'Reilly, isn't, he had a, his progress in rehab, and, like, for rehabbing his surgery, he's behind. Oh, really? Yeah. Man. I, I am really excited that Adam Cole's back. Obviously, it wasn't this week, but I've said it to you. I'll just mention it briefly now. I think he's the guy that dethrones MJF. You did say that to me. I could see it. Um, I don't know if I'd want to, um, just because, obviously, I do think Adam Cole will be a great face. I've heard in real life he's a super nice guy. Um, and so I think he will be a good face. It's very It'll be very interesting to see him as a face, but I want to see where it goes a little bit more before I completely buy into it. I think you have Adam Cole beat MJF for the title at All Out two years after he made his debut in AEW, and then... Literally the night after, or like maybe after one defense, like on pay per view, you have him turn heel, because he is a better heel. Than He's a face. definitely a better heel. But I do think that you capitalize on this baby face like momentum he has right now with him beating MJF. I think you have MJF beat Danielson at Revolution, then you do probably should be. I think it would be MJF Kingston at Double or Nothing, right? Should and then be. you have MJF win. Who who do you have MJF fight at Forbidden Door? Or let's say, do you have him put the title on the line there, or do you have him just have like an exhibition match against somebody from Japan? What I think would be interesting is I think that they could do a storyline where he's like, I'm not putting my belt on the line, but I'm going after the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling World Title. So I think you have him in the World Title match, but it's not for his belt, it's for Mm -hmm. theirs. And so whether that's Okada or, I mean, I don't think Takagi will win. No, I don't either. It'll probably be Okada. I think you could see MJF Okada. And I think that would be really fun. Yeah, it would be. But, uh, yeah, well, I, I'll say this. As much as I hated the Acclaimed versus the Ass Boys segment on Rampage, I kind of liked it this week on Dynamite. I think that Billy Gunn actually did a really good job, right? They, I, I, didn't, I didn't even hate the Ass Boys promo to open the segment. I mm-hmm. thought that um, they did a decent job. I, I actually liked how, like, Max started to rap, and then he cut him off, and then he's like, cut his mic, and then he does it anyway. Um, but, like, they start fighting, and Billy Gunn breaks it up, and he's like, I don't want either of you guys to fight. He's like, next week we're going to, like, talk about it. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Like, they're going to end up having a match. But I actually thought it was kind of effective because that's exactly what would happen in real life, right? Like, the dad's not going to want to – as much as he's, like, upset with his kids, like, he's, he's never, never going to want to, like, endorse them, like, getting beat up by mm-hmm. the acclaimed, you know? I thought it was decent. Yeah. And I also just put, like, Billy Gunn is yoked. Mm-hmm. Dude's huge. Um I thought it was funny, um, you know, after, in, in the backstage segment where they set up Action Andretti versus Daniel Garcia uh, for Rampage this week, I just thought it was funny, like, Sammy Guevara kept trying to hug uh, Daniel Garcia, he kept trying to shrug him off, I just thought that was funny. Normally, I love Daniel Garcia. Yeah, I was going to say, normally I don't like Sammy, but I think Daniel Garcia made that a really, he's a really funny. He's a really good uh, fold, or, yeah, or what do you, what's the word I'm looking for? Is a, he's a good counter. To, uh, to, Sam, to, like, to Sammy's, like, kind of out there, he's, not very likable. I just like how, like, the whole JAS is, like, sports entertainers, yeah. and then Daniel Garcia is like, nah. That's, but, and that should have, <sighs> Daniel Garcia should have left. I agree. A long time ago. Yep, I agree. Um, man, Danielson versus Bandito is good. Danielson doesn't miss. <laughs> he is, like, every week I'm like, man. He's, like, not only one of the best wrestlers right now, maybe the best wrestler in the world, but Danielson's one of the best wrestlers of all time. Oh, yeah. Like, I think it's okay to say that. No, it's definitely... You could have said that five years ago. People yeah. people would have agreed with you. He just, like... It's like we were talking about with Gunter earlier, but on a higher scale. Like, he mm-hmm. is 
unbelievable every every match. And like in this match, right, he com- he comes in as the face. The crowd is cheering Bandito more than him, so he just works heel. Like, I mean, it was great. I mean, you could put Danielson out there with a trash bag, and he would give you a six star classic. Yep. So. Yep. Um, the twenty one plex from Bandito, where he springboards off the ropes into a German, was sick. Bandito is so. So, so good. So good. Uh, shout out to Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Ross Tweddle does Move of the Week. That's my Move of the Week. I'm, I'm about to listen to their podcast after this. I bet that's yeah. his Move of the Week. But, uh, no, great match. I just, I literally put down in my notes, like, Danielson's just one of the best ever. Yep. Um, Willow Nightingale versus Tony Storm. Uh, <laughs> the match was fine. I I just, like, wrote that. I write down moves sometimes. Really good spine buster from Willow to Tony Storm. Obviously, when you have a David versus Goliath situation like that, um, it's going to work, and I love a good spine buster. But the post-match, thoughts? I didn't like it. Didn't like it? But Why is that? I didn't like it because it didn't make sense. There's no, there hasn't been any teasing of Tony Storm and Soraya turning heel. Yep. Um, and it just, I, I don't know. I'll, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with it. They've, if they're, I've seen people say the story is going to be like, they're like the, the new, or I guess they're like the invader invading forces. Or you think you could say, and they're trying they're Cause apparently uh, what I've seen on, on like through the Instagram wrestling community is that they want a women's blood and guts match. Oh, okay. And so like, this could be the start. And so, but then, so they're saying is that this, Oh, there was something else, too. It was like, um, they were like, this is definitely how they're going to bring Mercedes into the company at some point. Through this, like, heel faction of, like, people, of, like, uh, ex-WWE stars coming into AEW. But she does not ex-WWE, and she's in the stable. What? Who? Mercedes? No, Hikaru Shida. Oh, Shida? She's in the stable. Yeah, that. I mean, that's what I saw. Like, the stable would be something about, like, some type of like invading i don't know what honestly who knows what the hell's really going on with the AEW women's division i just think it was a bad call not a lot of thought behind it i don't disagree i said this in my notes like i think soraya is a better heel than a face anyway Mm -hmm. but it didn't make sense no it did like no foreshadowing at all and then like but I think you could have had something really compelling with Sheeta, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's like kind of turning, but kind of not. You have like you try to have like Soraya and Tony Storm try to turn her back, and then she like ultimately doesn't. But then they just turn it. I don't know. But let me ask you. I know we're running short on time. It's all right. But do you think maybe if it's obviously it won't be the ex WWE thing, but do you think this will be how they will eventually try to bring Mercedes into the company? I'll say, I'm not sure, but I'll, I'll say no, because I think if you're going to bring in Mercedes, I think she's the one that beats Jade Cargill. Really? Who else is going to beat her? Not, uh, Statlander? (laughs) Not when she comes back from injury? She'll just like, I don't know. I mean, that would be the only other option, right? I think that. You could have had Athena her but i really like what athena's done in the last few months as, yeah. as a heel i think if it's not mercedes it'll be chris statlander but my bold prediction is that will be the way she comes in my opinion i could i wouldn't mind that yeah but i do think 
Well, obviously, she'd have to be at Forbidden Door. She's contracted to Bushi Road, who owns Stardom in New Japan. Um, so I didn't even think about that. She so so if she beats Kyrie uh, next month, and she will, uh, she'll be at Forbidden Door because she'll have to defend the IWGP Women's Championship. I didn't even think about that. So, wow, she's she, gonna be at Forbidden Door. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, we'll go to the we'll go to the main event real quick. Um. I just thought about like I, I I subconsciously thought about this in the Darby versus Juice match, but I love Darby Allen's theme in Titantron, like so fitting. Great song on its own. Titantron animation is sick. Um, great match. Um, better than Darby versus Juice. Mm-hmm. Could have had like five more minutes. Could have. Like I would have I would have loved like a little bit more time for this match, given how great Kushida is, and obviously Darby's great too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoyed the match. The working of the arm was really good. Uh, the roll-up finish was, you know, you could have another match, um, and I would love to see them have another match. But I would yeah. too. Um, no, I agree. I think that Darby Allen, it's a good call that he's the TNT champion again. I agree. Takes it back to a more simpler time in AEW. Um, but, yeah, Darby Allen, if you need somebody who just can put out a solid, you know, 15-minute uh, main event match on TV every week, that's your guy. No doubt. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, great stuff here. I really want to see more from Kushida in AEW. Um, obviously, he wasn't utilized to the fullest of his potential in WWE. He got a cruiserweight title run, yeah, but it wasn't that great. Right. Um, You're a big Kushida fan. I I really like his match with Gargano from Vengeance Day. Mm-hmm. Um, that match is so great. It's um, a good pay per view. It was, and I also like. Uh, there's a match. It was the first ever Walter match. Well, he's at the time he was called Walter. Um, from NXT, I think when I say it was October of 20, it was right around when they got the first USA, it was right around when they got on the USA Network, and one of their first main events on TV was Kushida versus Walter. I need to check that out. It was really great. Was great stuff. Um, I hope we see more Kushida on AEW. I, I also just wrote down like three roll-ups on the show. Um, the top flight one and the Darby one made sense. Could have gone without the one with uh, Willow and Tony. Three roll-ups is a lot in one show, but I'm kind of nitpicking there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have very limited time left, but I do want to get to our big question, right? I could We could talk about this forever, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more when they show a bunch of highlights on Raw 30 this week. But what is your favorite Monday Night Raw moment in history? So for me, I have to say it's Jeff Hardy jumping off of the stage um, in 2008 on to Randy Orton. Um, that was right around when I very first started watching. Um, obviously, I already liked Jeff Hardy to, to begin with. His moveset was very, very cool and unique. And I think that, seeing him do that, and at the time I was only like five, five or so. 2008, yeah. yeah like five, five or, five or six, something yeah. like, somewhere in there. Um, and that was like really cool to me. Um, so yeah, that's definitely my pick. And especially because that was the last Raw uh, before they went to the H, they went to the HD. I thought that was the first HD Raw. No, no, that, really? that was the, or it might have been like they might have done it, but that was the last Raw where they had that set. Oh, the next I week, the next week is when they debuted all the HD sets. Because I think the, I think the like video quality the video, is the HD video from I want to say from like maybe post Survivor Series 07. No, Armageddon 07 is not HD. It's not. I remember that. But yeah. there but some of those raws and smackdowns and okay. I'm sure even ECW. They're probably testing it. They're probably testing it out cuz I feel like some of those have a little bit uh better quality. And mm-hmm. definitely once you get to 2008, I think they were still testing it out 
Because Royal Rumble 2008 is the first HD pay-per-view. Yeah, and for those first few weeks um, of programming, they had the same sets they'd had, but it was just with the HD quality, or at least maybe that's just how it was with Raw. Right. I don't know, but um, yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, I, uh, I think that's an interesting pick because it means a lot to you. I think for a lot of people that wouldn't be like the go-to Raw moment, but that is such an awesome moment, mm-hmm. defining for Jeff. For me, it's also around when I first started watching. Um, it's a year after I first started watching. I The first wrestling show I ever watched was The Raw after WrestleMania 28 in 2012. Um, so I debated putting Brock Lesnar's return as my favorite moment ever because it is one of my favorite, probably second favorite, right? I love a good pop. The crowd went nuts when Brock came out. One of the loudest reactions I've ever heard. Yep. And then you have Brock, F5 Cena, perfect segment. Mm-hmm. Even better, though, in my opinion, came a year later, Raw after Mania 29, Dolph Ziggler cashes in on Alberto Del Rio, right? We talked about earlier how much I love Dolph Ziggler. This cemented it for me because he had been a heel for the first year of my fandom. He was still a heel technically at this time, but let's be honest, this turned him babyface. The crowd goes insane for Dolph. Dolph was getting, like, when Dolph won the money in the bank in 2012, the crowd went crazy when he pulled down the briefcase. Royal Rumble 2013, his entrance, crowd went crazy. He gained up so much like steam and popularity over 2012 that by the time you get to this moment, everybody's begging for him to be the world champion. He beats El Rio for the title. He comes out, right? The pop's huge. Mm-hmm. Pop's even louder for when he beats Del Rio for the title. I I love the commentary. You hear Michael Cole, zigzag, zigzag, cover, and then... It was it was perfect. I've seen videos like where people from the crowd have like taken videos of it, and it's so loud. And I love seeing Dolph get his moment in the sun. Obviously, we didn't really see the best run of his after that. You know, I think that he really had potential to be a great world champion. Really unfortunate with the concussion. I wish we would have been able to see another world title run with him, but that's got to be my favorite Raw moment ever. Shout out to just some moments that I I wasn't. Either wasn't alive to see or, you know, didn't watch live. You know, the two Austin pops that stick out in my mind is the one famous one where Foley wins a title. Yeah. One of the best moments in Raw history. Wish I would have been watching live at the time. The crowd went insane when Stone Cold came out. Went insane when Mankind won the title. And then one that I love so much, um, Adam Blompier, one of my favorite YouTubers um, with Russell Talk and Parts Fun Known. Always talks about this pop, but I feel like no one else ever does. When Austin comes back oh, and for, yep. saves the Alliance, or no, no, turns his back on the Alliance to save the WWF mm-hmm. in 2001, the crowd goes crazy. They've been teasing it the whole night. Austin comes out in his best T-shirt ever with the Austin 316 in the orange and the smoking skull on the back. He comes out. The camera shot where it, like, switches the pan towards the... Like, it's from the crowd, switches over to pan towards Austin, walking down. Jim Ross's commentary, he stuns everyone. The crowd loses it. Awesome. And then I'll go with Jericho's debut in 99. I could watch that over and over and over again because the Titan Tron's perfect. Every, there's, people kind of knew it could have been Jericho, right? The countdown starts. The Rock is in the ring. Jericho comes out. You don't see him until the lights the lights go down, the Titan Tron's up, you see the lady rise up, and then you see Jericho and the crowd loses it. Um just one of the best moments ever. Do you have any others that you um, like to shout yeah, out? Yeah, I'll I'll touch on some ones that I was alive for but okay. I didn't have them as my pick. Mm-hmm. Um my first one that one that popped up to me is also from two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Um Jericho turning heel on Michaels by throwing oh, by yeah. throwing him into the Jeritron. 
Um, that was great. Um, another Jericho, the Festival of Friendship. Oh, that's that, one of the best. Go on, go on. Um, sorry. That was a really great Raw moment um, that I like. Another one of my favorite Raw moments um, is when John Cena came back as the Doctor of Thugonomics in 2012. Oh, yeah. One night that yeah. I really, I'm a sucker for that. That was great. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I also am a sucker for Shawn Michaels' retirement ceremony. Those Shawn, were all great. Yeah, because Shawn Michaels is my favorite of all time. I'm going to throw out three more really quick just because I just thought of them. These are three I was alive for, right? So, Raw 1000, first year I started watching, CM uh, Punk yep. was my guy. Mm-hmm. Loved CM Punk, right? He turns heel in the main event on The Rock, and I and I was like 10 didn't care they turned heel like normally i was cheering the faces and the heels like religiously not switching cm punk turned heel on the rock yeah i loved cm punk so much i didn't care i thought it was awesome at the time it's great now piggybacking off of that raw 2013 best promo in raw history in my opinion the boxing with god promo cm punk versus the rock Mm. cm punk schools the rock in that promo the rock is all right he tries to get this chant going where he tries to get the crowd chanting cookie puss and then cm punk pulls out your arms are too short to box with god i mean one of the best lines ever to the rock right and then you mentioned it earlier and that's why i freaked out when you said festival of friendship my favorite wrestler right now he's been my favorite wrestler for a really long time kevin owens i i love kevin owens when he won the universal title in 2016 i lost it it was awesome felt like a treat for me triple h pedigree seth rollins turns on him and then later that month, I see Kevin Owens' first Universal title pay-per-view defense against Rollins in the main event of Clash of Champions 2016. I was there live. Great moment. I uh, Monday Night Raw is the first wrestling show I've ever watched, so I'm really excited for Raw 30. Um, I was really excited to do this week's episode, yeah. and I just I can't wait to do more because it's Rumble season, it's Mania season. It's going to be great. Next week's going to be so much fun. All right, well, we will catch you then. Uh, We hope you tune in this week and keep catching us later. See ya. See you guys.